Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee, which is a great deal of foam this morning. Um, I even tried, struggled with a little bit. Oh, today is Tuesday, June 16th. So <laughs> it was funny because I was wondering why it hadn't beeped yet. I was putting some dishes in the dishwasher thinking, surely, surely this thing's done going by now because it beeps when it's hot and I went over to check on it and it was just about to billow foam out of the top and I thought oh that's right I forgot that it's um today is the day with the the foamier spinner on it right and that I am going somewhere with this story because I think this is kind of funny and I usually on foamy spinner days i remember and i do the ristretto capsule and i add vanilla to the milk and it doesn't froth up quite so much with the vanilla counteracts the the foaminess hang on i gotta wade through this foam and get some actual coffee ah oh, there we go yay mm. um and i thought okay this is really dumb that i'm like dealing with this every other day foamy spinner because that non-foamy spinner my second one disappeared right and they disappear a lot of times in the dishwasher because they're magnetic the frother works by a magnet and the spinners i'll put them on the top rack of the dishwasher but sometimes they stick to things they stick to like a a metal knife or spatula i'm forever pulling them off of there and somehow I th you know, I was just sure it must have smuggled out on some knife and we'd been watching for it because it's been what a few months right that I've been doing this and so I was thinking to myself self as I'm waiting for my foam to settle enough to fit it all into one cup it's like okay this is silly I need to either wash the non-foaming spinner every day which you know surely it's not that big of a deal actually my first thought was is I should go on the the site and see if I could buy myself another non-foaming spinner and I thought okay that's dumb <laughs> buy another one you don't need to have two just because you have two cup things you could wash the one spinner and just use it it messes up my routine but it makes far more sense right and I thought but sh and I thought but if I buy another one then that third one will the other one will show up and I thought well it's got to be around here somewhere and I opened the drawer which is fairly junky where we keep all of our like knives and spatulas and various other implements of destruction for the kitchen and I was thinking you know it'd be funny if I opened it up and I look in here and it's just like there and my eyes landed on something but no that was the like the wheel on the can opener and I thought that's not it and so I kind of looked and there it was, resting on the bottom of the drawer. I was like, yep, I knew you got in here. Right, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the word I want. What do you call Oh, stowaway. Stowing away on a knife or something. And so now I found my second spinner again. And I took the foamy spinner out of the frother and put it in the dishwasher and put in my non-foaming spinner so my second latte of the day will be um, extra foam free how's that for a saga 
Grace says she listens to the podcast, and she says it's just like sitting and having coffee with me, complete with um, dumb stories about my life. Yesterday, I had the interview with Marcella. I hope you all got a chance to listen to it. Um, Marcella is a writer who just, if you listen to the interview, you'll know, um, just got a series of bad breaks. Uh, she is such a good writer. Uh, I, there are not that many writers where I like pretty much everything they write. And she is one of them. We did talk about some of the critiques, you know, when I've told her, well, this is kind of a hot mess. And she says, but no, you were right. <laughs> so I, uh, she pulls out an amazing story. And seriously, you know, these, these books are so good. I, I really would like to see them um, find their audience. I think it's a little difficult for her because she does write such incredibly tight science fiction. Um, it's it's almost more hardcore science fiction. And the the people who really like that stuff don't necessarily want all the romance. And she doesn't have a whole lot of romance. There's, but I think there's just enough to annoy the science fiction people and not quite enough to please the romance people, especially the romance people who don't want to have to wade through the hard science fiction. And that is by no means dissing the romance people. I just see that in reviews. You know, like um, I may have mentioned it before, but I saw a review of a, of a fantasy romance where somebody said, oh, and it was great because it didn't have all of that complex world building you have to wade through sometimes. And, you know, and it's like, well, you know, <laughs> and one, one, uh, one woman's trash is another woman's treasure, right? Because to me, not having the complex world building that they feel they have to wade through, to me, can, can be weak world building and, and not satisfying. So, so let's see, where are we on things? Um, I did... I did and didn't finish The Lost Princess Returns. Um, I tapped out on Friday at about 37,005, which was a little bit shy of where I figured my revised ending would be, but I knew I was going to go back and add to the beginning a little bit and flesh some things out and revise. So I did my thing that I like to do where I revising and I'm going then straight through to the end. So I made it through um, like 53 pages of revision yesterday, which is good because there's like 142 total. So I'm on track to finish tomorrow, I believe. Tomorrow or Thursday. Um, I do have some stuff to add to the end, obviously. But I wanted to revisit some of my, I'm trying to think of how to describe this without being spoilery. It's not really motivations. I was trying to decide how long to keep the reader in suspense on, on a decision that a couple of the protagonists make. To me, it's obvious what decision they make. And maybe it is, would be obvious to a reader as well. 
which is why I kind of hesitate. You know, it's like, well, should I even be coy on this? Because maybe it's silly to try to drag that out that much. But we'll see. We'll see what I am. Um, right now, it's still open-ended. And, I'm, and I just need to, as I work through today, I'll make some decisions on whether or not to leave things open-ended. You know, it's a funny thing because, um, for me, that's one of the greatest challenges with writing is, and maybe it is for everybody, but, you know, the the sequence and level at which to dole out information. It, you want it to be, I don't know, satisfying for the reader. Because, because for me, and you guys have heard me complain, I don't like it when... I get to the you know last third or last quarter of a book and and I know exactly what everybody is going to do and there's no mystery. On the other hand, I thought did I tell you guys about this? I don't know if I did. Oh well, you get to hear about it again. Corrine sent me this really lovely review that she found on Amazon. It turns out that when Corrine has a book hangover, when a book breaks her heart in a good way, that one of the ways she cheers herself up, I find this immensely amusing, that she goes on um, like Amazon and Goodreads and stuff and reads five-star reviews of books that she loved also so that she can like share the joy of how much they love, you both love books or both love that particular book. I think that's really funny that she does that. Say hello to the podcast people, my dear. Good morning. <laughs> There's David. He's having a we're having a surprise guest appearance. That is beautiful. He just brought a piece of dried what vine is that? Oh, from the oh, from the silver lace vine. I've decided that the climbing hydrangea is actually called the silver lace vine, and I, you guys remember, I tore it down earlier this spring, and it's been in the junk heap. And so, yeah, that is pr very pretty. Nice variation in it. <laughs> He's busy doing wood things this morning, cleaning up choya and messing with it. So anyway, what were we saying? Um, oh, Corrine and her reviews, uh, reading reviews. So she sent me, she saw one for the Fiery Crown that was from somebody that uh, was, uh, I was a new new to them author. They had gotten a copy of the Fiery Crown from Goodreads giveaway and went back and read the Orchid Throne. And you guys, it was just such a nice review, which is why Corrine sent it to me. She doesn't send me the bad reviews because she, she loves me. She no, she just doesn't want to hear me complain. <laughs> More likely, but this review, um, I I keep meaning to share it. I should dig it out and share it because uh, she did the sque screenshots for for me. Um, but the reviewer, the reader, said that uh, she was a longtime reader of romance, loves romance, and that her husband had introduced her to science fiction and fantasy mainly. Um, Anne McCaffrey, and that I was the first 
writer she had found close had found that came close to the same feel as Anne McCaffrey. And you guys know that Anne McCaffrey is my freaking hero. And this was just like the nicest thing anybody could say to me. I was just over the moon. Uh, it was, um, yeah, just a delightful, delightful review. The one, and I don't even know if it counts as a negative, but she said that uh, the ending was of Fiery Crown was somewhat predictable to a seasoned reader but that she was perfectly happy with it. And I was thinking about that. And I, this is something I, I'm sure I have blogged and talked about before, but it bears revisiting that because I don't think that that's necessarily a predictable ending. I don't think that to me, a predictable ending is when you pick up the book and in the first few pages, you know exactly how it's going to end. Um, and sometimes that's, recognizing the story trope and sometimes it's what you want um you know like i pick up a nora roberts book i know pretty much how it's going to end i don't know the particulars but i know in general how it's going to end and that is exactly what i want and i deliver uh, and she delivers on that uh, i'm talking about you know like knowing the particulars of how something ends and i think there's a difference between a predictable ending and maybe an earned ending or a well-cued ending. Because I do think, and I very deliberately in The Fiery Crown, cued the ending. I There are lots of little clues throughout about what's going to happen. And, and even in the Orchid Throne, there are some clues about what's going to happen. So I think that there's a difference. And, and I think people, you know, use the word predictable when really they mean that they, that they had a feeling of the ending or that they could guess what was coming. But, you know, sometimes I think that's, you know, good foreshadowing will do that. Good foreshadowing will layer in that where you think, oh, shit, is this going to happen? <laughs> is, is this really going to go badly? And I know there are some mixed feelings on the fiery crown of, um, of how things go at the end of the book. And if you haven't read it yet, you might cover your ears for a minute or two because I am going to talk about the fact that it, it is kind of spoilery and and this would be spoiling the end. So, <laughs> but the fact that Khan is so overconfident going into that battle and that he does um, win the battle to lose the war, I feel like is... <sighs> I, I felt like that's, um, I, I definitely cue that that's going to happen. And I think it would have been predictable for him to have triumphed and it all to be good. Uh, maybe we just know because it's the second book that he's not going to triumph. But also, um, he, he was going about it wrong. He was going about it in an overconfident way. And I don't know. I thought that was uh, needed to happen. Okay, you can come back. Come back, people. So, 
Let's see. So I have the cover for The Lost Princess Returns. I think it's totally kick-ass. Uh, we're going to do a cover reveal on Friday. Uh, Frolic is going to do it. So this morning I need to go tighten up my back cover copy and make sure that that's um, good and get the pre-order links set up. You can pre-order through my website or I'll get it up on the retailers that allow pre-orders. And we have a release date. We're going to release it on June 29th. So, um, big excitement there, huh? Yeah, that's coming right along. I hope you all will be happy about it. And and for those of you who said I really did need to write this particular story, you're right. It, it did need to be written. So, and then I have exciting plans for what I'm going to work on next. I'm going to go back to, um, have I referenced it by working name? Well, let's just, I, I know I've mentioned it from time to time, but this is actually my working title, which is the Dark Wizard story. And <laughs> it's so funny, I, I almost sensed a few of you jumping up and down and squealing. <laughs> As I said that, Grace wants me to just call it Dark Wizard. She's like, just call it that. <laughs> I think I need to come up with a better title, but we'll see. And I think I am going to self-publish it. I need to talk to Sarah about it, Agent Sarah. But I think that I'm going to self-publish it. And Grace had a really good idea because we're doing this holiday anthology at the end of the year with Melissa Marr and Leslie Penelope. And I think I'm going to do like a uh, a prequel novella that I will put in the holiday anthology and then have Dark Wizard come out not long after that. What do you guys think? I, th I think it's a great idea. Um, I'm really excited about this. It's such a cool story. And I think it's not one for, for New York. Um, certainly they would not let me call it Dark Wizard, right? We might have to do... Um, we might have to discuss the naming. Grace and I have been kind of riffing on the ridiculous titles that some people have been coming up with for, especially if they're catering to a particular market, so where the title is basically the trope. And yes, I know Harlequin started this, you know, like the, the billionaire secret baby and all of that kind of thing. It's, um, I don't know. I, you sometimes it's tongue in cheek, but you know I don't really like the pun titles, <clears throat> the ones that riff off of the movies or you know that that deliberately are puns. Um, I don't like the cutesy titled thing, but I know a lot of people do, and I am far from being normal <laughs> or mainstream in any way. But uh, so we'll see. We'll see, but working titles, Dark Wizard, and that's what I'm moving to next. But um, yeah, it would definitely be a little while before it came out because I'm anticipating having to switch off and work on other projects. All right, and with that, I think I will go on my way. Uh, I will remind you that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. Take care. Bye-bye.